Welcome to Character Explorations, a podcast production of the Wentz Center for Character Education at the University of Dubuque. I'm Annalie Ward, Director of the Wentz Center, and our guest today is Dr. Jeffrey Haverland, Associate Professor of Teacher Education and Father. He is the author of the article, Life in Transition, Using Reflection and Gratitude to Discover Hope, Optimism, and Resilience. This article is available online at dbq.edu slash w-e-n-d-t. Welcome, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, as we think about this issue of the journal called Character and Transitions, I was wondering if you would be willing to read the letter that begins your article. You bet. I can do that. So this letter is to my son, Jack. So, dear Jack, I'm trying my best, but I miss you. After we dropped you off, I cried all the way home. The next day, I cried when I saw your door closed. I cried when I opened the dishwasher. My heart hurts so badly, and I feel broken. I cry as if I've lost everything, and I feel so ashamed that I'm not stronger. When I was a new dad, they told me life would be chaotic crazy and fast, and I worried about everything except for the day that you would grow up and leave. That was just way too far off. Until now. I know you're going to be busy with your new life, and I won't fault you for needing to rearrange your priorities, even though selfishly this will sting a bit. Just remember that the door is always open, and I'm here for you. As one of your greatest fans, I'm so proud of you. Don't worry that I'm sad. I'm grateful for all you have brought to my life, and I'll find my way through this. I just need some time. Love, Dad. This article sounds deeply personal. Well, what precipitated this letter and and even this article? So, you know, when we were first talking about the the concept of transition, you know, I just happened to be at a point in my life where we were really for the first time transitioning one of our kids out of the house. And so, um, you know, I've, I've seen people go through the gamut of it where some are excited the kids are going, some just hide it better than I did, but I was really struggling with it. And I was struggling with it in a way that I felt wrong. Like, you know, people lose parents and people lose huge opportunities in their life. My son was moving an hour and a half away to go to college and I felt like something in me had literally died. And it, it really was a struggle for me. And I couldn't, I couldn't verbalize it. It was hard to talk to people about it because not everybody experienced it in the same way. And it really got me thinking about the fact that, you know, even though we all go through change in our world, we all deal with it in, in a way that's so personal to us and, and oftentimes not necessarily understood by, by everybody around us, even those closest to us who might have different coping mechanisms and, and different resiliency skills at their disposal. We do the best we can with what we have and, and hope to muddle through it. And that's, that's really what I was dealing with here. And so his first night away, actually second night away, I sat down and I wrote this letter to him with ever really no intention of sending it. Um, and then as this project kind of progressed, I'm, I needed, I realized I needed to have a conversation with him. And what I soon found out is he was struggling the same way I was, but sometimes we learn that if we struggle on our own and don't say anything, then we hope we're saving the other person, which I found out doesn't always, you know, pan out the way we'd like it to, but, but, but that's really where it all came from. So it's a major life transition. And as you began to explore this topic, I see that you talk a lot about liminality. Can you help us understand what that term means? 
you know, so transition is easy to, or I shouldn't say easy to talk about, but it, it's fairly simple in that it's, it's, you know, it seems like a whole process. But this idea of liminality is this weird space where you're not quite there yet, but you don't quite get to go back where you, you went, where you came from. It almost like you, you cut the strings on the bridge and you started running toward the other side. And now, now you're just trying to figure out how to hang on. And it's a weird time because you do pine for what you had. You just keep thinking, why can't I go back a year and, and have him here where I know he's safe and, and life is normal. And now he's gone. There's a void. And then I realized really quickly how entwined I was with him. And so just his physical absence and emotional absence, I guess, created this void that I could not overcome. And that's to me this idea um, of liminality where you're just kind of stuck and you're trying to figure out in that space and in that time what is normal and eventually realizing you don't get to go backwards. I mean, think about it. If we, if we got to go backwards in our lives, it'd be great for so many of us in so many circumstances just to go back a little bit for a little bit longer. But we don't get that opportunity. We get that opportunity as, you know, as we'd say, Monday morning quarterbacks where you're like, I wish I'd have spent more time. I wish I'd have done this differently. But you can wish all you want. Now you're in this new space trying to figure out how you're going to be a good human being in that space. You've you've expressed liminality as this cutting the strings. I love that image. There you are hanging out there betwixt and between <laughs> as the researchers talk yep. about Uh what role does loss play in liminality? So I think what it was with loss for me is that it, it, in order to, to accept loss or to be aware of loss, you, you really have to make yourself vulnerable to things. You're, you, you have to open yourself up to realizing, especially like when I think of a human being like my son, how deeply you love a human being and how they meant so much. And, and again, he just moved away. He didn't go anywhere else, you know, but, but this idea of liminality, we, we build our whole lives with our kids and we grow up with our kids and, and then one day they do just disappear and we're all expected to go on, you know, just like we had always done before. And I, it, it, doesn't work out that way. And I think when you start to experience loss and you feel loss and you open yourself up to that vulnerability, then you can start to really say, okay, but wait, I'm sad. But what I had was a fantastic relationship with my son. What I had are amazing experiences. I always talk to my kids about this idea that if you love something that much and you are now without it, you got to ask yourself if it was worth it. Was it worth that investment of time and energy and love and and your whole heart and soul? And the reality is, in, in human in our human lives, it's the truth. That's life in general. That you know, relationships and people they may only be with you for a moment in time, and, and whether they're moving away or even you know worse, that was it worth having them for that moment for what they gave you? And it's from there where you can really start to be more reflective and to have just to really be more gratitude filled in terms of I had that opportunity and I love that opportunity. And so even though I lost and even though I'm sad, it was worth it. And so that's become a huge family value for us that we talk about all the time. 
whether it be a pet, whether it be a person, whether it be an opportunity, that in the end, if you can say it was the pain was worth what you got from it, then it was an amazing experience. But unless we're vulnerable and open to being able to have that conversation with ourselves and be reflective like that, it, it, it can be a really hard lesson to come by. So you just mentioned and be reflective. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a key practice to deal with this. Is it, um, is it something that you do with judgment or just a sort of rehearsing of what you went through? You know, I don't know that I've ever really, really thought about it like that. For me, sometimes reflection, it, it can be judgment. Judgment can fuel it. Um, but often it's really just being able to, I often think about it, it's like you're floating above yourself and you're just saying, okay, even though you're experiencing this right now, what what is it that you have? What is it that you had? What is the value of it? And And I've never been, you know, up until a few years ago, been as reflective as I am now, but it's the reflection that's really helped me make sense out of a lot of difficult situations because I can at least stand back and be like, this was good. This is amazing. I had this great, I still have this great relationship with my son, but I can get lost in the sorrow and the sadness and him being gone and lose sight of that. The fact that what we have is pretty profound. It means I did well as a dad. And yet it's sometimes really hard to see in the moment if you can't step back and just go, all right, you're hurting, but what do you see? And that's why I love reflection so much, especially when it's done with purpose. And, you know, what do you really want to get out of this? I want to value a relationship. I want to value an experience. So now thinking about it that way, what can I get from it through reflection? What a great practice just to, as a tool to go forward. Sounds to me like Jack has learned that lesson. I think he has. In one of the letters he writes, nothing will ever be as it used to be and that he quote had to learn to be okay with that well it sounds like a practice of reflection and a true statement for you but what other practice might um, reflection lead to or help you both through or, or help all of us mm -hmm. through our transitions so for me i think at at some time, there are times where we get so focused on what isn't right in our lives that we lose sight of, of what we really should have gratitude for. And so in these moments of reflection, we're able to really step back and be thankful for things, to, to realize even whether a moment, a day, a year, whatever, it, that, that time period was something that changed you. And, and I think we do get so laser focused, we just have to pry our eyes away and look up. And, and just say to ourselves, you know, I'm really grateful for what we had. I mean, I'd hate to be somewhere else thinking, you know, I, so he's gone, big deal, I've moved on. You know, I, even though this was not my favorite time of my life, it really showed me what I valued as a parent, as another human being. It made me incredibly empathetic to other people who are going through any kind of transition or loss. It doesn't matter. Um, and, and so that was really good for me, but it is this gratitude that, you know, we do get stuck. We don't, we aren't always thankful when things are good. When we, we are, we don't say it all. It's when things go bad that we're like, well, I need more. I don't have enough. Um, this isn't right. I feel like I'm missing something, but often if we could change that, 
that dialogue to say, no, I have some really good things going on and I'm thankful for that opportunity and those things. But again, if you aren't reflective and if your eyes aren't wide open, you'll pass that gratitude up and you start to look for what else could I have had or what should I have? That's always a great one. What, what should I, what do I deserve? And so it can oftentimes be, it, that can really complicate it. So gratitude for me is life changing oh, yes. in everything I do. Yeah. And so reflection leads to gratitude and gratitude sends you back in a circle to more reflection and you've got the circular practice, but that practice can shape and form you for something else. What Talk to me what that leads to. Really this idea of being able to reflect and giving yourself the space to show gratitude and, and be gracious for things. In time, it helps you become more resilient because you realize I'm often profoundly impacted by the idea that the toughest things we've ever gone through in our lives are the toughest. If you think about the worst time in your life and you thought you would never make it through and as you sit here today, you made it through. And the reason you make it through those times is because eventually you start to realize the importance of that time. And eventually you can be grateful for the things that happen in that time. And eventually that makes you resilient. And so the next time that my daughter goes away to school or, you know, any big change like that, I'm going to be able to look back and say, okay, this is going to be difficult. But what I remember from what had happened is that I was able to find the good in things. I was able to reflect and I'm more resilient now because I know it'll get better. I know I won't have this sinking hole in my chest that I couldn't even put like a word to prior to that. Now I've got it. And that's the, the beauty of resilience. The only, I mean, we're all resilient because we sit today having gone through all these different traumatic catastrophes, whatever, the things in life. And, and it's that resilience where you finally realize you got to move on. You got to move forward. You got to do something good because I think we owe it not only to ourselves, but we owe it to every other fellow human that we have to be present in our life and in their lives. And the only way you can do that is if you're resilient enough to know that things will get better, that you can find hope, that you can find, uh, that you can be optimistic, that you can find joy, that you are, you get really good at finding the things when it's dark, you find the light. And I, I think that's the key to being resilient, but you can only do that when you're open enough to really dig deep into what is it about your life that you need to reflect on. And at any time, what do you have that's good? We have a lot that's good. Most of the time, it just gets dwarfed you know, in comparison to sometimes the, the things we're facing. So you, you've written that suffering and coming to understand our pain, we learn that we can stay the course, overcome our challenges, and move forward optimistically. This resilience, this resilience becomes a source of hope, you've said. And it's the kind of thing that we can share with one another that brings hope to to the rest of the world. It's not saying that we don't suffer, mm -hmm. that we don't experience pain and that transitions aren't difficult. Well, you've, you've given us some suggestions for us to take up in addition to these practices as we try to move through our sometimes painful transitions. And would you mind sharing those with us? Yeah, I'd be, be happy to. So. For me, what all of this has taught me and what it's actually been helping me recently with some other 
um, hard points in life is that you've got to embrace liminal experiences that they're going to hurt. They're going to seem unfair. And, and that unfairness is a big, big thing to swallow. But it's in these moments that we shape our character. And I find that to be a very profound truth. I think we need to learn to be vulnerable, that we need to be okay with uncertainty um, as a conduit for new experiences, because it is in that uncertainty that that we have to say that I don't know what's ahead, but I'm going to keep going forward for the right reason. We need to value love over potential loss and be open to evolving relationships. Things are going to change and we've got to be okay with that because the biggest fear would be to not be okay with that evolution and then to lose a relationship because of it, because you're so um, you know entrenched in what was. I believe about this idea of reflecting often and finding value in the space where you reside. I wholeheartedly believe in gratitude and offering grace. That to me, there's no bigger thing in this world. Um, I need to learn, and we all need to learn, that you have to accept that some things are beyond your control. You don't want your parents to get old. You don't want your kids to go away to school. You don't want relationships to come and go. And yet, at the same time, it's going to happen. And so we have to be able to take those moments and realize it, it might be out of our control, but what's in our control is finding value in what those were. I think using reflection and gratitude to build resilience is huge. It's really kind of the whole point of, of this article. Um, I love the idea of being grounded and hopeful and openly sharing that with others. I think this is difficult, though, because you can offer too much silver lining at the wrong time. I love Brene Brown. She always talks about getting in the hole with somebody who has, you know, and being empathetic. I don't know what you're going through, but I'm glad you invited me here, and I'm here for you if you need me. And that, to me, is a very profound thing because not everyone needs you to paint that silver lining at that moment couple of years down the line, you might be able to talk about that silver lining and how they know it now, but nobody needs to be told how they should act at that given moment. Um, forget the fairy tales, mythical happy endings, and you got to use resilience to navigate life. And really, your goal is to find a happier ending. You know, I often hear people like, this is my fairy tale, but a lot of fairy tales don't end the way you'd want them to end anyway. And so we just need to find the happier thing. So you're sad. How do you get through that? How do you work through that liminal moment to be better? and to learn and to be resilient later on so you can get through another more difficult or equally difficult moment. And, and I think just searching for that happier ending. And finally, I love, and this one really comes right from a song, this idea that when holding your breath is safer than breathing, we really just need to breathe. And, and it sounds so trivial to say, but the truth is, is it's in that moment where you breathe, you're not talking, you're just breathing in, that you open yourself up to being able to see something you might not have seen before, which then gives rise to everything else. Oh, thank you. Thank you for those suggestions. Yeah. Would you mind reading your final note to your son as we wrap this up? All right. So, dear Jack, it took some distance for me to realize how incredibly thankful I am for you and who you are and what you have done in my life. I still miss you like crazy, but my heart hurts a little bit less now. I know you're going to be okay because you've shown me that you're going to be okay. I think I'm starting to get the hang of this. I may still find myself sad from time to time, but that's love for you. I'm still here if you need me, but we've got this. Love, Dad. Jeff, thank you so much for helping us to better understand the common life experiences we all have of the liminal disorienting stage of transition and the need to persevere with reflection and gratitude. 
in order to not just survive, but to thrive in a new beginning. Our guest today has been Dr. Jeffrey Haverland, Associate Professor of Teacher Education, and I'm Annalee Ward for Character Explorations from the Wendt Center for Character Education at the University of Dubuque.